Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know what I want? <laughs> Not Samsung, Greg. Not Samsung. Not what? Not Samsung. Hey, that's pretty good. The Raptors defeat the 6-1 Dallas Mavericks, 127-116. to uh, Probably the Raptors' most sound win so far of the season. I think that's by far their best half-court performance. Uh, it was also against the 6-1 Mavericks. Mavericks are a good team. It's a, it's a really good win to get. Um, actually, they tied their best half-court game. Right yeah. on the dot, 100 points per 100 possessions. And as far as like the defense on Luca, pretty good. You know, Luca had his way at the end, obviously, just kind of like slithering into the lane. But overall, I think that they forced like OG was meeting him really high on the court. They wanted to dictate which side of the floor he was getting to. They did a really good job of limiting Kyrie. Uh, the rotational stuff was really sound. This was the first game maybe that we saw Scotty didn't really have the jumper going, but he still managed to completely dominate the game from the defensive point of view as a playmaker against zones, as a playmaker out of the post, and as a guy pushing pace in transition. Uh, OG was phenomenal. He, he, you know, you know, Luca folded him a couple times, yes, but for the most part, really impressive on defense, really impressive on offense. The Raptors, they coordinate for what I think is their best win of the season, and obviously couched into all of that. Pascal Siakam was extremely good. Uh, this is something that, you know, people have been talking about, myself included. He hasn't gotten that many post-ups. With, a, you know, the Raptors not shooting super well to start this game, they went to the post more often, and Siakam, you know, he beasted and feasted in there. Joining me is Fandi Arberheny of the Steve Dangle Podcast Network, of the hello, hello. goes to the arena after every game. Although I heard the, <laughs> I heard the thunder. I heard not the today. thunder. Not today. I heard yeah. the lightning. Well, you don't hear lightning. I saw the lightning and I heard hail all day. You're yeah. here to talk hoops with me. How's it going, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you. Um, Flashbulb moments. You know, what's the yeah. what stands out for you? I mean, a lot of what you said, uh, you, you highlighted a lot of the things that I probably would have reiterated. So I don't want to reiterate too much. But um, I I completely agree with you that Scotty was incredibly special. And if you're going out and saying, oh, well, he missed shots. He was maybe, maybe I think in the first half of the game, he wasn't as assertive as maybe you've conventionally seen throughout the season. Still finds a way to impact the game in literally every other facet. You mentioned the playmaking. You mentioned the defense. I thought he was just everywhere in that second quarter, especially with that bench unit. Um, him and Otto Porter Jr. were just mucking up tons of actions. OG Ananobi was mucking up a ton of actions. Um, it was special from his perspective and yeah we can probably get into pascal and how good og looked and just in general the raptors defensive performance against luca but from what you said the one thing that jumps out to me is like if we're gonna be happy when scotty scores 30 points and 
does, you know, all the like scoring output stuff. We also got to be happy with these type of performances, which is like at his best, I think this could be a floor for yes. whatever he becomes. Uh, and yeah, that was really special. The, the biggest thing, obviously, is that so here's the stat line 14 points, 14 rebounds, seven assists, four steals, two blocks. Tied Siakam, I think, with a team high plus nine or OG um, when I was going over the stats. I don't quite remember. But OG, yeah. Yeah. We're looking and at Gary Trent. Hell yeah. We're looking at a, a guy who had been shooting an unbelievable, like had unbelievable efficiency on his pull up jumpers. Yeah. And from the mid range, you know, I've cited these statistics before. We're talking like above 65%. From three, mm -hmm. we're talking 38, 39%. This would put him in the class of like Kevin Durant as far as wing shooters. And Fire. like which yeah. is ridiculous. And yeah. it's probably not going to stay there. He has his game where the jumper doesn't go. Guess what? He gives you the the stat line I read out before. He and no empty calories on these. Cuz you know sometimes like a guy will get pressure on the trail on a pick and roll. Sometimes he'll dribble it off his foot. Whoever picks up the basketball, that's a steal. Scotty yeah. is like disguised double blitz a guy. Steal read a passing lane, jump into it, steal. Active hands after somebody picks up their dribble, steal. The block, he's like he's managing the two-on-one situation, trying to like, okay, roller, no. Ball handler, what's going? And like that quick jump, he goes up and like just cleans it off the glass. It's like this guy, the defense. Yeah, he has great timing with those. He Like I was looking back at the Minnesota game and the bulk of his blocks were, I'm going to time this guy's drive yeah. and just anticipate that block shot. He's... If he picks that up more consistently and like just does it every game, it's gonna be so special on the defensive end. I, people hate the Draymond comp, but this was a very Draymond esque game. Uh, and like I'm not saying that's what he's gonna be or whatever, but just in the in the way that it wasn't the scoring that popped out to you, it wasn't his his shooting or anything like that, but just the fact that his playmaking popped off of the chart. I thought some of the reads that he made in the second uh, second quarter with that bench unit getting Malachi Flynn open, getting Gary Trent Jr. open in transition, pushing it in transition a lot of the times. Um, those are things that, hey, they might not pop up on a box score, but they also set the tone for what this game was, set the pace. And the pace of this game was was amazing through, I guess, like the first three quarters until the fouls started to yep. rack up for both teams. And the quick jump means that you have more room for error in timing your jump. Like there are some yep. slow jumpers who... They, you know, you take those long <laughs> steps. I know you just saw Lewis's comment as well. We didn't dress the same on purpose, I promise. But anyway, the, you mentioned Draymond Green. It's yeah. the, the cool thing is that when Scotty doesn't have things going, he can slump into the Draymond role. And when he right. does, yeah. he can yep. just, he can elevate way past it. So having that now defensively, he's not truly at Draymond's level, not yet. Draymond's no. one of the greatest to ever do it. But like, damn, man. The, the yeah. baseline performance from Scotty this season has been incredible. Um, we also have Nigel Nicholas of Raptors Republic hopping on to join us. Nigel, how you doing? Big thoughts about the game we just saw. Boys, how are you? What a great game. <laughs> Loved every moment of it. Uh, yeah. We won. You know what the best part about the whole thing is? Remember last year when, when uh, Siakam went down? This is the revenge game, boys. Mm. It's all happening. Symbolic of the next charge to come. Very nice. Is there, like is there, um, do you have a favorite performance from this game, Nigel? Well, okay. So I, OG has just been outstanding on both ends yep. of the court and yep. magnificent, to be honest with you, I would say. Um, 
Pascal, nice to see him come back with the energy today. Offensively, he just looked like he wanted to be the man again. And it was a beautiful thing. But it was Gary for me because, you know what, the kid came back and he pushed and he pushed and the first couple of shots didn't go down. Yeah. He went to the basket like I've never seen Gary go to the basket for quite two shots at the rim. And then the three started falling. It was it was it was what we need right and now. pretty good ball pressure the x outs were on point when they were deciding yeah. to blitz the ball handler it was on point active hands trying to like attack the dribble when it's low you know cuz like when the dribble's high you time it so when it's about to go down and he like he has a really great sense for that and yeah gary is a really great shout let's talk about pascal though we we haven't really talked about him much this game he goes for 31 points 12 rebounds 5 assists he was 15 of 25. He missed all five of his threes. He went one for four from the free throw line, putting that 71% on the season. But more than anything, in this game alone, I think he got 75% of his overall post-ups. Like, he matched that on the season. I think he was close to, man, it must have been like 30 on the season. And tonight he mm-hmm. gets like maybe like 18, 20, 22 post-touches. And yeah. the Mavericks had no recourse for what he was doing down there. I kind of brought this up. I was looking at all of Pascal's. Well, I've kind of been pouring through everybody's on Synergy, the the film. And Pascal was a guy who had missed a ton of layups in this season. And the spacing doesn't help when you're driving from above the break, but had just uncharacter, uncharacteristically missed them. Tonight, I mean, he hit mm-hmm. all of them. I think he had 12 yeah. layups in this game. It, it was absurd. And... None of them are rimming out or rolling out. They actually, they, they bend <laughs> as if the magnetic pole is, is friendly this time instead of away from it. Uh, does anybody have any Pascal thoughts after the tough start to the season to kind of bounce back now? You know, you mentioned the the shots not rimming out. I also think the fact that, I mean, just, just to put it out there, by the way, incredible performance from Pascal. I will say Mavs didn't have Derek Lively, so there was no real rim protector in this game. And everybody was. Why you gotta? Why you I'm gotta just spoil saying. That, I'm just. I guess. Why you gotta spoil <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Everybody was cooking on the inside, though. I mean, literally, all of the Raptors were cooking on the inside. I think when I checked in the second half, it was like 64 to 20 for points in the paint. 72 to 40 was the final for points in the paint for the Raptors. 72 of their 127 points. That is. That's big time, big boy, big body stuff in the paint. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I, I agree. I think Pascal was awesome. Important he did context. What he had to tonight. There was yeah. a lot of transition in this game and basically none sure. of Pascal's layups came in transition. Tra- like your rim frequency will increase with transition, but Siakam, I think 10 or 11 of his were in the half court, which yeah, yeah. super big deal for a game. They're not shooting the three very well, but I mean, Derek Lively not being there. We've got, you know, a few game sample of him being, you know, important to what the Mavs are doing. A big man is always going to help. Um, some of those like little turns into the lane, the little baby hook, maybe the pressure on that is a little bit different if there's a big man coming over. But you play who's in front of you. Um, yeah. He's probably glad that he was seeing, I don't know, two guys who didn't even measure up to what Wemby was last game. 
tonight. <laughs> Nigel, maybe your context won't be won't be a downer like S's. What what did you think of S's? Yeah, I know. I can't believe I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> he was great. He was awesome. He did what he had to. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, a little late now. A little late there. <laughs> uh, 20 shots, only five at the three. Over five at the three. Uh, he's been settling for, well, I don't know if he's settling by purpose. He's one third from mid, one third at the rim, one third at uh, the three point line. Yep. We saw him attack a lot, lot more, and that's where he's best at. And it's nice to see him do this. It's nice for the team to recognize this is where he needs to be. And I'm really, really happy, and I'm hoping that this is back on track and we're going to see a fantastic rest of the season. It's, it's something I watched all of just over the course of today. I watched all of Pascal's pick and roll possessions, which have been going awfully so far. And the big problem so far has been that Jakob is actually drawing a tag and Pascal hasn't been making a lot of the skip reads that are there for him. And he's kind of been stuck in trying to make something happen in a collapsed lane, or he's trying to go above the break. And a lot of the defenders are, reading that pass and kind of trying to stick to it and that's something that Siakam who has been a you know a well above average pick and roll player in the past has to get a little bit better at knowing what read is you know he's seeing before him uh but today he didn't have to worry too much about operating above the break that's what changed his game I I think more so than the Mavericks who they play in their front court more than anything because Pascal's post-ups were extremely efficient coming into this game uh, against anybody that they played. Big, big teams. This is where Siakam is at his best, kind of dominating in that space. And when there isn't that much spacing, the slower you play, the more you can control teams that pack the paint. And so Siakam did like a masterful job of knowing when the doubles were coming, sometimes dribbling out and initiating back to his an ISO. Sometimes getting rid of the ball, but more than anything, being aggressive, the touch was back finally. And that's like the number one thing. Mm. I mean, it was it was a very, very impressive game. The three-point shot needs to come around, though, obviously. 0 for 5 and yeah. 1 for 4 from the free throw line. <laughs> Man, look what you've done, Ness. Now you've got I'm, Samson on the I'm whole saying, thing. I'm, no one hit their shots tonight, though. No yeah. one hit their shots tonight, you know? It was... Uh, they they had to focus on getting inside because the shots just weren't falling, especially early. Um, I don't know, man. Look, I, I agree with you. I totally agree on everything Pascal related. I, I thought he was special tonight. I thought uh, even though you said, you know, most of the work that they've done wasn't in transition tonight in the post. I thought he was great at doing the early work of mm-hmm. get like hunting out the smaller guy. Uh, and yeah, I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr., guys like Grant Williams, even Derek Jones Jr., he cooked Derek Jones Jr. in a lot of those post-up situations too. So I thought he was great. He was awesome. I'm just, I was just putting out the context of, you know, the, the Mavis might be missing something, you know? It's uh, no no recourse, no recourse for him. Nigel, <laughs> uh, if you have volume on your mic, maybe turn it down a little bit. The chat says it's it's peaking, oh. if, if possible. Um, How about that, guys? Tell me if it's good. Uh, yeah, probably good now. Yeah. Regardless, though, we have a win to talk about. Let's talk about defense. So this wasn't like the biggest game for the Raptors, but I kind of want to focus on, we've talked Gary, we've talked Scotty, we've talked Pascal, OG Ananobi. Overall, what have you thought about, you know, maybe even we can extend it a little bit more than the, I guess, the, the Luka matchup. But the first start of the season, we're what, eight games in now? What have we thought about OG being the Raptors' main point of attack and just like completely being able to anchor the defense at the front of it? Sorry, I just saw ridiculous lighting. Lightning. Sorry. Go ahead. Yes. Go ahead. 
<laughs> I, it like shocked me. The room turned white. Okay. Yeah. That's that's what teams have been seeing that's when what... OG steps on the floor, man. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Like there you it. go. Nice, nice segue, yeah. boys. It's like a journalist <laughs> yeah. or something like that. What, 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 what do you think, uh, though? I, I love everything about him right now. Uh, this is like everything we wanted him to be. Uh, so if a couple of things are wrong with the turnovers, a little bit, you know, creation isn't what we hoped it was going to be, but this is like a fantastic, fantastic shell of what we've got now. And I'm very, very happy. I couldn't ask for anything more than what we have. Right it's, now. it's been, I, in, I, and I'm very low usage too. And I'm very low usage too. Yeah. It's uh, I, I'll just say real quick. Um, I loved what he did offensively today uh, in terms of attacking closeouts, just like exploding out of closeouts. You, you love to use the phrase shooting the gap or punching through gaps. Punch he was gap, punching baby. through, he was punching gaps like crazy tonight. Uh, and yeah, I mean, he was just, he was awesome on the offensive end. The shot wasn't falling that as dunk. much as yep. dunk. Oh, yeah. that a dunk. couple, oh, a couple wow. the alley-oop that he had, he had the, the dunk oh, yeah. attempt that turned into free throws there. He was just incredible. Uh, an above the rim player tonight for a lot of these possessions. Mm. And that's what you love Who to see. Thought that, though, right? Yeah. Who would have thought OG above the rim player? Hey, right? he's Who athletic, man. He, he can, oh. it just, sometimes you got to give him a runway. And I thought, I don't know, like, People like to bring up the whole balance thing with him. And I, this was a pretty, he's been pretty balanced all season, in my opinion, on those drives. He was, uh, the worst balance actually was, uh, my goodness, I think it was Pascal. Like Pascal, mm -hmm. when he fell over on that, that fast break against yeah. the Spurs, I was like, man, this is, this is a tough look. He turned around. OG has been like, he scores 26 points tonight. That's his season high. Siakam scores 31. That's his season high. You get 18 from Schroeder, who maybe on the primary actions wasn't getting the Raptors into anything really. Wasn't wasn't yeah. getting much of a head of steam off of the pick and roll. The Mavericks were pretty good at kind of like stepping up to the screen, bringing their people back up and saying like, if you want to make the skip pass to beat us in the pick and roll, that's what you do. But as far mm -hmm. as like if Schroeder ever commanded the switch, really good job of like dribbling it back out pressing that advantage immediately getting all the way to the rim this is also a guy who it helped certainly that the the Mavs don't have their elite well maybe Lively isn't an elite rim protector but they don't have their typical rim protector and Schroeder like in the mid-range had some had some buckets that he made a little bit of shooting um one for four from downtown isn't incredible but just overall he was the guy who he saw Pascal early okay, go get your position. We're going to work hard to get you the ball where you can score, where you did score. Scotty doing a really good job of that too. And Pascal knowing like, I have a big advantage in this game. I'm going to go and press that to keep the offense alive while we're not shooting that well. So all three of those guys have a piece in commanding where this offensive performance went just in how they tried to command it. And then all three, you know, differing degrees of effectiveness and shot making and OG and Gary reacting off of them both of them did phenomenal you know og with 26 gary with 16 they combined for seven made threes coming into the season i think that's probably what most of us were expecting you know pascal and scotty they go 0 for 9 together and you get the three-point <laughs> shooting from gary and og whereas like in past games it's been like yeah. scotty getting the ball and saying like hey i'm the shooter actually and everybody's like hey man i guess do it like you guys hear that mm -hmm. he he called his own step back you tweeted about it s called his own step back yeah. yeah incredible the offensive process um i think when they played the bucks they shot 40 percent from three 
And in this game, they had a really good offensive half court game despite not hitting threes. And it's because they just, man, they they rumbled into the paint. They made a lot of shots there. Um, Battering ram. High volume, high efficiency. That's exactly what you wanted it to be. We have a bunch of really fun bench performances as well. Obviously, Gary, number one. Chris Boucher was awesome, awesome in this game. And I don't know, I have, we haven't talked so far this season really, Nigel. Are you like, are you team Malachi? What do you think about that performance walking into these triples? You know what? I'm sick and tired of this conversation. <laughs> I just want it done. Do you know what I mean? We've been talking about Malachi for how long now? <laughs> Is he going to be there? Is he not going to be here? What are we doing about him? It's it's just got to happen soon because, you know, kid's fourth year in the league. It's, uh, it, we were talking, I think Jack was gushing <laughs> about him on, online today about uh, during the game. And anyone else, I don't think we would got the same amount of gush. You know what I mean? We we really want him to get happening, but I I I thought he was good today. I, I, yeah, I'm saying, but yeah. was he great? Like, you know what I mean? Was yeah, he, but he's like he's for, a, he's for like, his standards, he was great. I think that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, right? Yeah, that's everything is tempered. But that's okay, right? Like, if you get yeah, if every single game the rest of the season, you got what, 15 minutes from Malachi plus seven. He's not, he doesn't usually win the minutes, right? You get like eight points, yeah. three assists. He moves the ball. When teams are collapsing on Pascal and Scotty in particular, he's walking into the threes. And yeah. hell yeah, dude. Like, and, and also, this isn't ghosts of Fred Van Vliet past or anything, but the digs are nice. He put on a little muscle. Mm-hmm. He, he, can, he can make it work in the paint a little bit more. Um, we still haven't seen anything remotely to Malachi from college where he was like defensive player of the year for his conference and also be the best pick and roll player in the country. There's not really an option for him to be that guy. And this is year four. He isn't, but he's yeah. finding his way. I, I know a lot of people who are out on Malachi, but I know a lot of people who game to game say, if we're not trying to get the most out of the guys at the back end, if they don't have, you know, that extra leash to try things out, to grow, to be better, then what are we doing really? We can't just mm-hmm. shut it down on them. In a game where you're getting just like post-ups that kill the other team, you're playing okay defense, but you need spacing around them. And I guess the wings aren't shooting the hell out of the ball on this game, right? Particularly Pascal and Scotty. Where do you go? You go away mm-hmm. from Pirtle. You play a little bit smaller. You play a little more guard minutes. And Flynn cashes two triples. He does a good job. Pretty happy with him. I think he particularly has benefited from the Scotty plus bench lineups a lot. Um, like I'll tell you this much, and I'll let you go ahead, but I, yeah, it yeah, seems yeah. like anyone benefits from just playing with Scotty Barnes at this point. Like, <laughs> no, you're right. This happened you, last you are, season. Right. Every like every. It's like being with you guys, being with Samson and S. I look like a oh, superstar. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing, right? Like it's it's Scotty having 15.3 points per game in the rookie season having 15.3 points in the sophomore season, that stalled, sure, as the team wasn't giving him a lot of possessions to try things out. But the big change, he started winning a lot more minutes. Scotty's time on the floor started to become intrinsically connected to the Raptors' winning minutes. And then you see the Mm -hmm. growth in assists. You see the growth in rebounds. And like... How many rebounds a game is Scotty grabbing this year? Is he in? He's yeah, he's in double. He digits. should be in double digits. Now, he, yeah. he, Scotty at this point is probably like 20, 10, 6, and what three point four, three point five stocks. He's just yeah. walking out there, and he is the you know a high tide lifts all boats. 
that is Scotty Barnes right now. That's I, an all-star stat line. Oh by yeah, the way. They, um, yeah. That's uh, Nakias was in here after what uh, maybe a couple games ago. And for the people who enjoy Nakias Duncan's work, if you've missed a tweet, he said, "Book your interviews for Scotty Barnes in February." He's playing like an all star. Like as good as as got as good as Pascal was tonight, and it's important that these guys both play well. I don't I don't want mm-hmm. people to get too caught up on you know oh, Scotty didn't score tonight, Pascal didn't score tonight. The team just beat the six and one Mavericks. Now six yeah. and two. This is their best best win of the season. You just you want both of these guys playing really great basketball. But that being said, Scotty's been the best player on this team by a healthy, healthy margin so far. I went yeah. way too long. You were about to say something else. Go ahead. I don't even remember what I was about to say, but <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, look, no, Scotty's been special, man. And uh I've I've been going through the the tape, the film. Uh it's just it's really good stuff, man. Like he's doing everything. And we talked about it at the start of this, but even when the shot's not falling, even when the scoring isn't happening, you you even notice it through stretches in other games where maybe offensively He's not the aggressor, so to speak, but he's still impacting the game in other ways. The defense probably being the primary way he's putting out positive minutes consistently. And that's a change from the first two seasons he's been there. Um, I, I, I think just the fact that he, I don't think he's had a big drop off defensively in any of these games. Um, and whether that be through the weak side, help, rim protection, whatever you want to call it, or just from his sheer physicality his ability to use his length, deflect the ball, cause disruptions. It just reminds me so much of of a lot of the great weak side, help side defenders. You think of like Jaden McDaniels as a guy who just mucks up tons of things on the help side. You think of, you know, I mentioned Draymond earlier, but he's another guy that does that. Scotty can very, if he's doing this, Scotty can very easily get into that category of defender. Uh, and be like an all defense type guy if he does if he does this consistently. So like, I don't know, just star there. star in, on that. You know, if this normalizes anywhere, like the Raptors defense has been good to start this this season. Um, oh, if the Raptors defense is good all season, if things are remotely like they are now, OG is going to make all defense first team, yeah. and Scotty is going to make one of the all defense teams. Uh, you can't look at like don't a get super... me excited like that, man. If don't you you can't like look that. at a, you can't look at a guy averaging this many stocks, a guy who's on off stuff. No, you're right. Are this impressive? Mm-hmm. And a guy who, as much as I dislike the like pulled metrics that are like d- defensive versatility that are just like baked and all that kind of stuff. I don't <laughs> oh, like I those have... metrics much. But <laughs> the people who vote are gonna see that on their timeline and be like, he has an A plus in versatility. A plus seems good to me. Like all this stuff is going to point one direction and the direction is accolades, honoraries, all this kind of stuff. He deserves um, superlatives for Mr. Scotty Barnes. He's been unreal. He is the guy. He's the North star for these Raptors guiding them forward through this season. And he is better. Anybody can say anything. They can say, I saw this coming. I saw this coming. I didn't see anybody predict that i had a, i saw like 112 stat lines predicted next yeah. to mine i didn't see anybody predict anything close to this and he, he's just been far and away like the best player on the team he's been incredible i you can't turn your nose up at anything he's doing he blows my mind mm-hmm. dude uh when i came in uh, I, I heard you guys talking about scotty's defense 
Uh, he looked like a safety out there. Yeah. He was in the middle, and he was just plugging holes here. He was looking, he's taking spots out. Any, any weakness was there. He was that guy who was putting his finger in the dam to keep it going. Yeah. You know? And he was, he did a, he was magnificent out there today. Billy Mays, flex tape. You know, you, you, you slap it on. There's no more water. I saw this boat in half. You know, oh, like man. that's who he is. That's who he is. Plugging away, is man. Plugging away. That's, yeah, that's yeah. the one. He, I just being able to go out there, and this is always, you know, I tweeted about it. What's the game look like when the jumper isn't there? If it looks like this, good God, super impressive. Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit about Malachi, um, Otto Porter Jr. Good defensive, yeah. good defensive game quiet game offensively nothing dropped he wasn't meant to come in and completely change the raptors offensive approach he was pretty good but there's one guy i want to talk about a guy who game to game can be completely left off the map of this team chris boucher 10 points comes in 100 from the field gives them very important minutes against a front court that he obviously felt like he could find a way to succeed against in the mavericks any thoughts on Boucher after this one? So I'm going to step in for a second. As, uh, yeah. yeah Otto yeah. Porter, before anything else, uh, I was professional performance by him. He did everything right. Maybe the shot wasn't falling, but it was a very, he stayed in his lane, did what he had to do, and he did it very solidly. Uh, Chris Boucher brought the energy, and he brought it. He brought a ton of it. Mm-hmm. He was everywhere. When he wanted to go, when, I think when he saw him that, Wide open three, right at the beginning, I think, when he first got on. And I, I don't think I've ever seen him that wide open before taking a three. It's usually up really close. Swish. It was nice. It was Everything was nice that, that he did so much good. It was really, really nice to see. He's impressive. Uh, after, especially after sitting on the bench for so long, too. Right? He almost caught yeah. that lob. I was like, oh, God. Oh, he almost got it. <laughs> he almost got it, man. Oh, my God. Him and OG would have had some, like... These are like potential Raptors dunks of the year if it went down this year. Um, okay, Chris was special, uh, but I he usually is. And I, I really, I do not like the conversation that's like, oh, well, Chris Boucher makes too much mistakes to put him out there. No, no, he doesn't. Chris Boucher does not put do too much. He is... He is so far and away over the last couple of years, maybe the best bench player for the Raptors. Um, and obviously the he Raptors just, bench hasn't wins been much. minutes, man. Consistently. You don't turn your nose up at it. This team isn't a world beater. Hasn't been for a few years. Yeah. If a guy wins minutes and plays a lot of them, there's something the happening here. Yeah. I mean. Uh, no, he's he's been great. And yeah, to the auto point, um, I just think he completes a lot of the transitional lineups for this group in a major way. He can close with the starters. He can be in that bench unit with Scotty. He can sub in for Scotty in these Pascal-led units with Schroeder. Um, I I think in general, he plays a huge part for whatever this team is going to be this season. It's not like a long-term thing. I don't suspect Otto to be here long-term. But as far as the current iteration of this team, he is massive towards completing this bench. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure some of the best bench performances of the season have been with Otto in the lineup. Uh, and he just, he completes him. He adds another guy and sometimes another guy is all you need. You know there's what I a, mean? There's a really cool symbiosis here too. Like Jakob plays 20 minutes tonight, right? We've seen a few, like a healthy amount of games already where Jakob doesn't close, where the Raptors are finding lineups and that's fine because the Raptors have to find spacing and Jakob 
it's it's tough with him out there. There's a lot of actions that they run, like Dennis getting to the rim late in the game. Mm-hmm. Some of that is that the big is stepping out with while he's screening with another partner, right? He can initiate a switch or he can reject a screen and get middle when there's a more empty paint. And to see it, Otto gets to play more. Chris gets to play more because why? Because Scotty will hold down the glass. And because Scotty is, he's not everything you need at the five, but he's a pretty good facsimile of what you're trying to do, right? And then additionally, you have OG who can guard, not, well, he can guard up, but he can also guard down on ball handlers. Siakam, this whole season, has been guarding a ton of ball handlers, has been guarding a ton of shooters, guarding down, and Schroeder doing a fantastic job of point of attack. Very healthy mixing and leaning into of their inherent advantages. When you look at the way that these guys play, what they're able to lean into, I think this season, for the first season in a long time, is where Siakam is asked to do something that's possible and helpful for him defensively, and the same goes for Scotty Barnes. And now they're equipped with, of course, the excellent excellence of OG Ananobi, who is always helps you operate from a point of advantage, be it as a shooter, a cutter on offense, or just an, one of the best defenders in the world. Defensively, you have Dennis Schroeder, who is one of the stickiest point of attack defenders in the league, who, when he's been one pass away, has been effective on digs. And these guys have just melted together when they need to play big. Jakob is also there. They, they're finding something really nice. Everybody's really stepped into the, as complicated as the offensive start has been. Yeah. As complicated as that has been, everybody's really slid and like slouched comfortably into their roles defensively. And it's worked so well. Um, I, I think everybody expected that, but maybe it looks mm-hmm. like, does it look a little bit different than you might've thought? Uh, I think they're probably, you know, there was a lot of talk at the start of the season of, oh, they're probably going to guard a little bit more one-on-one. I think Blake had written an article about Oh, he's how- a hack, man. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that this this defense is is going to use some of their defensive tools, but ultimately it's going to look a little different. And I think that's been the case. They've kind of rested their laurels on their one-on-one defense a little bit more. They're tr- more trusting of guys to guard one-on-one. Yes, they have some aggressive moments. There was that trap on Luka Doncic at half court today that caused the the breakout, the fast break, but I think ultimately this team is so talented individually on defense. You li- you listed all of the individual exploits of all these guys defensively that you can trust any individual player to stick to their guy and be good in their matchup and thrive really in their matchup. Um, I think Darko said it post game, but it's like, hey, you're not going to hold Luka Doncic to 15 points. Yep. But OG did about as good of a job as he could have. Uh, and I just, I think, you're going to get that kind of effort every single night from this team. And zooming out, like big picture, if we were to zoom out a little bit, pretty damn good start to the season. Eight games, four and four, and you've you've lost a couple that you probably shouldn't have, but you've also won a couple that you maybe shouldn't have. I think we're even because... Yeah, yeah, maybe. (laughs) Everything went impossibly wrong against the Bulls, but also Scotty one of the best fourth quarters any of us have ever seen. I mean, mm-hmm. he stole one. Like, of course, of course, mm-hmm. the Raptors, mm-hmm. Scotty didn't touch the ball to start overtime. They scored 10 points on their first five possessions. It well went well without much Scotty in overtime, but 
it was one of the best fourth quarter performances anyone has seen from a Raptor. And like, I can't even think of one. I, I, I can't, I can't think of one. Not, not only because like he was popping off for like weak side blocks, but also because he was, you know, doing a like stab dribble, step back, (laughs) tie the game. He was getting (laughs) offensive rebounds out of nowhere, either by like bullying a guy under the basket or swooping in from the three point line over Sohan, hitting him in the chest and dunking and putting him in the rim. And it's like, it's the mix of beating Wemby in isolation, making him move in the open court, hitting shots against Keldon Johnson, like a pull up, dominating the smaller players and then giving everything defensively. I just, I hadn't really seen anything like that. And so he stole that one and the Raptors Mm -hmm. as a whole, man, they figured out how to give away the one against Chicago. I think, I think we're even if there was, I know there's the metrics that are like, well, expected wins or whatever. I know some people will say Portland, that was a tough loss, but it felt like they were up against it scoring. How much has he improved his conditioning? Remember he left at the end of the year saying he wanted. I asked him that question better. And I was like, and he is wow. To do what he's doing at the, Everywhere, a whole yeah. court, running back. Have you did you see him running back up and transition to? Boom, 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 boom. It looked like it was looked like you, Trey, coming out over there. You know, <laughs> looked really, really good. Hey, so, I this game was hard to clip, man. Sorry, Nigel. I apologize. I, I no, 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 no. I was just gonna go back to what what I expected from the offense. I, I did not expect to see this. I did not expect to see Schroeder playing the way he's, he's been playing. unreal. Uh, OG is taken it to another level, right? Scotty, I. I was not a believer as this it was a little disappointing last year compared to where we saw first of all. And so you're reformed. He's just been a revelation. Oh uh, no, you know what? Everyone has it's an opinion, right? No, I'm, look, I'm kidding. I was and kidding. you see something. But it's funny how <laughs> everyone does get to that state, right? Yeah. And I know why you're making fun of the whole scenario where there's so many gatekeepers out there. Yeah. You gotta yeah. love Scotty from the beginning or you don't love him. You know what? <laughs> Forget that, you know? But uh I, I this is I was not expecting this. At all. It's it's been endlessly impressive. Like like you said about conditioning, it's pretty opaque. This was after Scotty had a tough start to the season, and you know the Doug Smith report comes out about work ethic and all that kind of stuff. Lewis Lewis and I wrote this this piece. You know we used to do this thing called the black box report because it's like you have to look deeper. There's something that's tracking what's going on. And I talked a lot about how you don't see reps until the 99th and 100th percentile of your skill. You could work Mm -hmm. for two years on a skill from the 73rd percentile to the 98th, and it won't show up in a game. But then all of a sudden, it's there. And then conditioning. I mean, how the hell from anybody who's not the player do you zoom in and say, this guy has good conditioning or bad conditioning? Like OG has good conditioning, obviously, but he's been fighting muscle cramps during games. He sat to start the fourth quarter against the Spurs because he was gassed. It's like really opaque. But Scotty says, I need to work on my conditioning. He comes back four months later. I worked on my conditioning. And now he's like a hellcat up and down the court all the time. Super impressive. I got to say something. We have a bunch of people in here. Make sure to like the video. It helps spread it. It helps give it to other people. And secondly, we have a comment just for, just for a guest here. S, really digging the format of your post game, including commentary and interpretation on the post game interviews. And of course, breaking down highlights. Always a plus. Keep at it. Can I say something? Thank you, sir. Thank you, people. Sir, sure. If you want to see a video summing up what happens with film, with commentary about the narrative and the storyline of this game, tomorrow morning you will have something from Esfandiar Berhani on Steve Dangle Podcast Network. Please go and watch. I want to talk about OG a little bit more. Please. 
Thank you. So His much. offense. Oh, actually, before you say anything, I just want to say uh, when you're on ESPN Sports Desk, I was here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, no. Great delivery. I love it. Listen, love it. I'm just trying to get to where Samson is, man. That's all I'm trying okay, to do. Okay, we're gonna I mean? we're gonna talk about basketball. <laughs> we're gonna talk about basketball. So, I asked OG on Media Day about what he envisions his role as, and he hit the same line that he's been hitting. And maybe like yeah. maybe privately a line that he doesn't hit as frequently, but publicly one he's very happy to go to. I'm just gonna do whatever I need to do for the team, all that kind of stuff. Well, so far, he has been taking anything that comes his way, shooting 55% from the field, 42% from three. He's giving you four boards a game, almost two assists a game, 17.6 points per game. Get this, his true shooting percentage. His true shooting percentage is 67%. They are winning <laughs> when OG is on the floor. Mammoth, a mammoth yeah. differential. Like this guy steps out there. You're like, okay, our defense just got way better. He steps out there. You're like, oh, our offense just got way better. He's been unbelievable. Everybody has kind of been kicking around this idea that OG is the glue that ties everything together. And it's very tangible. It has been in the numbers, but you know, a lot of people were caught up on a lot of different things that this team does or doesn't do both narrative wise. And in the reality of what's going on, there's a lot of other conversations happening about this team. If the vibes are better, I believe more people will focus on there being a central theme, which is if OG steps on the court, you feel really good about the time he spends there. And tonight doesn't take much of the ball but kills it every second he has it. Has one of the hardest matchups in the league. Kills it as much as he possibly can. Yeah, he got bent a little bit. Yeah, he got folded a couple times. But he met OG high in the court to direct what side of the, you know, what side of the offense, they, what side of the court they played on. He was fantastic over the duration. And I just, it's, I've said this for a long time. OG is a guy who maybe never gets the all-star acknowledgement, but a guy who for a couple years now is giving you the relative impact of an all-star. He is an all-star in everything but name and probably will be for the duration of his career. He's just like, he's incredible, man. I that's I, he, he blows my mind a little bit. Uh, the one thing I'll say on OG is, and I've always said this, he could score 20 a night on like 10 dribbles. Like he does not... He he can maximize the hell out of his offense. And that doesn't necessarily mean that he has to be this on-ball creator. I think, maybe I'm wrong. You can, you, you can check me on this if you want, Samson. But I think for the most part, he has excelled as an off-ball player this season. Mm -hmm. He hasn't had as much of an on-ball responsibility this year because Scotty has t had more of the touches, Dennis had more touches, etc., I think for the most part, you know, you kind of contrast the San Antonio game and this game, this game, barrels, battering ram to the rim, just just absolutely dominating on attacking closeouts like we mentioned earlier. Last game, career high seven made threes, all mostly, actually, I think all of them on catch and shoot opportunities, just feasting 24 points right there for you. OG can maximize his efficiency just by doubling down and honing in on this off-ball player that he can be. Like this elite 
off ball force. And I agree with you, by the way. I was just double checking what the point differential is for OG and like where it compares to start the season, but I can't find it yet. So go. That's well, that's like that's something is that OG has been for years a guy who, when he plays within himself, and this is something I think every single one of us has talked about. All, all the people who kind of look at OG's game with with the proper lens, he is so good off ball that he also deserves the attempts to improve on ball. We've You're had right. we've had two and a half, three years of those fledgling attempts with not great results, but that's the thing. He can immediately just go back to, he can try things, of course, and I'm sure he's going to end up trying things more often this year. I'm sure some possessions will find him in certain spots, but he, the same way that we see other players struggle to adapt to a role, um, OG will never have that problem. Like he, he will be a star in any role that's given to him. And that is one of the most impressive things about his game. And he gets to be the loudest role player if he is doing so because of his all world level defense. Go ahead. I just I just found the stat, so I wanted to bring it up. Uh he is top five in the league in plus minus right now. Where uh, where is LeBron, he in your heart though? Number one. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the laugh emojis thing. Not that good of a joke, but you got all the laughs. It's okay. All right. Uh LeBron, Paul George, Alec Burks, Christian Wood, and OG Ananobi. Top five in plus minus. So there you have it, OG I plus like thirty-four. It, I feel like it would have been better had you not read. If the I names. didn't mention, <laughs> how many other players could have done had the performance that he had today? As far as locking up someone like that of Luca's talent, and then the shooting that he scored on, and so efficiently, so effectively when it was needed. I don't think there's maybe who, how many couple guys out there in the league who can do what he's doing. If that, it's like you know? uh, I don't know, like Clay Thompson in two thousand seventeen. He's like, he's not, he's not Clay Thompson, but, but, but you have to, you have to kind of look back as like, who was like such a dog defensively could take such a, I like, I watched all of the, all of OG's like defense today, basically. And you watch a guy who's like sticking Victor Weminyama off of pin downs. He's, he's meeting Luka Doncic at half court. He's playing trail defense on Anthony Edwards. He's playing as the, the dropper against Carl Anthony Towns and like blocks him after he gets the the pocket pass. He's jumping out on guys and punishing their dribble and poking at it, prodding it. He's he does everything defensively. And while this yeah. year Scotty obviously takes the leap as among the Raptors wings, the guy who you're like, "Holy smokes, this guy, unbelievable, can sky for blocks." OG will continue to quietly, you know, collect his somewhat understated steals numbers, somewhat understated blocks numbers, and he will just continue to line up across from the best player on the other team and make sure that they shoot less, make sure that they score less, and make sure that they have less of an impact on the game. That is OG Ananobi, one of the best defenders in the world. Emma's in chat, maybe the best in the world. That's for you. But it, it, he really, he's incredible, man. I... I have a tough time framing his game because he, he's so unique and he's so capable of, you know, mixing into whatever he needs to be, man. Any, any Grady thoughts? We got some Grady minutes, six minutes. You know, does anybody have a thoughts on Grady? I think this was his quietest game to be since yeah. the first two. 
Mm-hmm. We'll just we'll wait until he starts hitting his shots. I like what he's doing. Every yeah. literally everything else that he's doing is perfectly fine. Um, I think sometimes, especially today, he got bullied a little bit on defense, but uh, for the most part, I think he's been about as good as you'd expect. It's just the shots have to start going down, and like once that does go down, then you have a new dynamic on this bench that can be really fun to play with and like insert into lineups. So I don't know. I'm not really. I'm not really worried about Grady. I just think, he, hey, once he hits the he shots, then it'll be there. always picked. To be honest with you, I wish they had waited a little bit on on Grady before bringing him in. I know we had to at the time. I wanted to see it being a slow build up. <laughs> Look at Malachi, Nigel. <laughs> Look at Malachi. No, um, can I? I'll just the one thing I'll say about Grady is, uh, do you guys think he'll get any run in the G? Like, do you think they'll they'll throw him down I there? Hope so. Every I now hope so. Then? I hope so. I don't think so. You don't think so? Okay. I mean, it well, actually, on, actually, Samson, why you can't well, the, break? the swing, are you trying to cover a nine Oh five game? Is that, Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Honestly, 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 if Grady plays a home nine Oh five game, I'll probably be there with you to be quite honest with you. That'd be fine. But yeah. Grady, I think obviously he has to make the shots that come his way, but I, you know, everyone here has covered and talked about how Grady does everything perfectly except hit the shot right now. Hitting the shots the most important part, by the way. But, yeah. But he does every. But you can expect him to hit the shots in the future, and like he always attacks the top foot. He knows where to go with closeouts. He makes good progressive reads. You, I, you can bet on him being really good. The G League stuff, I think it depends on Coloco and Precious. Honestly, it de- it depends on how the rotation shaped shapes up, and if the Raptors can look at, you know, like what are there be like maybe two games this season where. Grady has an opportunity to play the doubleheader mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. There might yeah. be where the 905 and the Raptors, they're, what they're doing on the road kind of syncs up and there's an opportunity for Grady to kind of check down to the 905 or something. But also, like, <sighs> Grady is a duplicative player right now. Duplicative. He is like he that. is meant That's to nice he is meant to multiply the advantages on the floor and help make defensive miscues you want to exacerbate them you want to make them worse and backbreakers exactly and grady he wants to help bend the defense past the point of no return as a secondary guy not as a primary i think he has to succeed at that first and i think he'll get more opportunities to do so playing with the raptors like he's he's getting the opportunities all we're waiting is for one of the best shooting prospects of the past few years to just hit the shots in game and i think he's gonna hit them I think I think that Grady can play at the NBA level. So do I want him to play at the G League? Hell no. Unless you're, unless you're going, Nigel. Unless you're going, Nigel. Why can't he do both? Let him do both. Do, do the old uh, Delato. Do the one in the morning and the one in yeah, the evening. I, I don't there, know. There might be, there might be a doubleheader, but also do not wish the Delano arc on Grady, please, my no, my guy. No, definitely not. Us definitely kids not. from Rexdale, we saw him leave. We need we need Grady around. Hey. Rexdale reference. There you go. This is my first one of the season. I've been waiting on this. Um, if there's anybody in chat who has questions for us before we get out of here, I think it'd be fun to answer some some listener questions. But uh, yeah, another reminder. Hey, we're trying to get to 10,000 uh, subscribers on YouTube. We have a bunch of podcasts, myself included. We have video essays, all that kind of stuff. If anybody's in here, there's lots of good stuff. Feel free to subscribe here or at the website, raptorsrepublic.com. Like the video, all that kind of stuff. Here's the thing. I Raptors. wish I could subcri- subscribe 10,000 times. Hell yeah. So here's the I thing. The Raptors at 4-4. Four four. Let's revisit. 
S, Nigel. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm going to start with you, Nigel. What was your prediction for their wins this season? Uh, 40 to 45 in that range. That's We I'm ended thinking. up in the same. How do you feel now after 4-4? Four and four? I think we're 45 to 50. That's what I think. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I think this team is only going to get better. That's what I think. I think they're just going to start gelling more and what we're seeing right now. That that Chicago game kind of put everything off a little bit. You know, those those are two games that really should be on the one win side rather than the loss side too. So you know, I think it's uh, it's feasible in my mind. Now, I mean, I would if the Raptors won fifty games this season, I would have a ton of fun talking about. It's forty five to fifty. I said no, no, no. But yeah, I'm, I'm talking. I'm talking about the high. No, end. but you said fifty. You I'm talking about the high. 50. End. I also we also had a comment from Latinx Nation that says Raptors will hit fifty. So you know. There's something to consider. S, how are you feeling? Four and four. Well, I hate to be the pessimist now, because I. But uh, I. You've been them, the pessimist I, all night, brother. <laughs> yes. I had I them. Why'd you invite this guy? I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I had them at forty to forty-two, but I, I'm actually, I think they'll be better than that this season. Um, I would, I could see forty-three or forty-four. I'm, I. 45 to 50 would be a big win for me this season, which means all the things that are happening right now, in my opinion, stay happening and potentially even exponentially get better. Scotty's an all-star this year. OG, like you said, all defense. Uh, maybe Scotty gets an all defense nod as well. Pascal plays like he did today type of thing. If all of that is true, then yes, this team will get to 45 to 50 wins. But, you're, you're telling me that if Oviana Ananobi makes all defense, Pascal scores 30 points a game, Scotty makes all star and all defense, that this team will be yes. good? Yes. You're yeah. Very, you're very I know. brave. It's such a hot take. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just, look, I, I think 40 to 44 is feasible for this team right now. And yes, I think on the higher end of that is possible. I can't, I can't give 45. I can't concede it. I'm sorry. Hey, that's okay. That's no problem at all. <laughs> um, we have a question about um, the intel on Christian Coloco. Uh, I've said yep. this a few times, but I talked to Christian at Summer League, and he didn't ex- he didn't expect um, to be missing the start of the season. I haven't talked to Christian since then. He's an injured player, and I think with something quite sensitive, it's like this is a sensitive thing he's dealing with. They're just taking it day by day. Um, I, I don't think anybody knows what's happening with Christian because I think honestly, if there was stuff going around, like it's it's too sensitive. I think it's just hope he hope he gets better and then finds all that kind of stuff um, going forward. All that kind of stuff. We have a question, a fun one. I'm gonna read it, but I'm not answering this. Replace Schroeder with Fred right now. What does this team look like? <laughs> hey man, I know what you're trying to do. I see you. But wow, um, wow, but wow. the most important thing I'll say is that for this team going forward, all that kind of stuff, Schroeder makes almost like almost four times less the amount of money than Fred does, yeah. and that's that's of course you can't even evaluate without that. Um, that being said, you know, um, yeah. we have we have a question from PJ Priscillus. Hello, Samson S and Nigel. Is the spacing much better for the Raptors if there are no rim protecting big men? Um, well. Well, spacing. Can I can I take the lead on this one? <laughs> the spacing was not good today, but since the spacing was not good, the Raptors went to more post-ups where spacing doesn't matter as much because when you post up, you create hard doubles. 
Otherwise, Siakam's going to get to the hook shot or he's going to spin baseline and get to, you know, a bank shot or something like that. So you create a hard double where immediately an easier read becomes available. I think the something that's really easy to examine out of that is the play where Siakam cuts, Scotty passes it in, Scotty cuts off that. Like they're swapping these these post-ups, right? And it's like when you play and the team fears your shot making and it's easier to fear shot making when you don't have a big there. Um, the less space doesn't matter in proximity to the rim. As far as like what the Raptors were doing to make the 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 Mavericks not play in the gaps or anything like that, the Mavericks played in the gaps. They wanted to make the Raptors shoot on the outside. They were happy when the shots went up. But what they couldn't do since they didn't have a big was stop Pascal Siakam. And that is um, yeah. that's a, a big part of this game. So that's where I stand on that. Anybody else have any thoughts on tonight spacing? Wise, I just think it was a personal personnel situation too, as well, right? We got a, we, it was a situation where Yak had really didn't have anyone to deal with over there. Uh, then they had to take him out at the same time too, right? Mm-hmm. So it was, it was, it was this this spacing this time was all about circumstance. Yeah, yeah he got in. I think he got into a bit of foul trouble there too, right? Like, yeah, he had four fouls tonight. Um, Luca was kind of hunting him in those pick and roll situations. Luca was hunting. Um, oh. like man, the way he slowed down the pace in one of those plays just to get him in that foul call, like you, you the knew deceleration, he was, he was man, the decel, man, it was incredible. He's a master. Yeah, Absolutely he really is. He's a wizard when it comes to actually, he's a maverick, Miss Vandiar. But uh, he's a maverick. <laughs> uh, hey, I just wanted to say on this the spacing thing, um, it's a, it's just a. It's like a percentage game, right? The the Mavs were essentially saying, hey, we dare you guys to go out and shoot these threes and make them. Uh, and the Raptors said, no, instead, we're going to go ahead and dominate on the inside because you guys don't have anybody in there that can guard us. That, that It's just a numbers game at that point for the Raptors. And like I said earlier, like 70 in, <laughs> points in the paint, they carved up the Mavericks on the inside. So it was a fun game from that perspective. Like, this is a different way the Raptors can win games when when a team doesn't have that dominant interior presence, when there isn't a Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert, perhaps, right, or a Victor Wembanyama, perhaps, this is a different way the Raptors can win basketball games. Uh, and yeah, there's going to be some teams this season that they face that don't necessarily have that interior presence, and they're going to dominate those teams. So something Hopefully. that's yeah, you mentioned uh, just for the people listening. S and I play basketball together quite often. And for the people who enjoy Trey, um, my, my dear friend Trey, who I podcast with from time to time, um, the way Luca was slowly working through the pick and roll, I'm not going to say who was at the point of attack on the screen, but I guard Trey because, you know, Trey, he can't really score on me despite fear. <laughs> but anyway, I guard Trey. These guys ran pick and roll. They got a two and one every time. And S <laughs> slowly worming his way down the lane. He was getting buckets oh, on us. I was dying, man. I was like on an island every time. It was heartbreaking. It's I I, I have to play the big boy game, you know, because I can't bump. I can't I can't beat people with the quickness anymore, little, Nigel. Little the bump. knees don't work. I hear you, buddy. You're still young, buddy. You're still young. Don't 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 come to me for help on that one, okay? Um, uh, how good is Curly, by the way? He can shoot, man. You tell me, he's man. a shooter, he's man. Not listening. He's not listening. He's a shooter. I I Curly is the patron saint of basketball in our group. He sets up the runs. He's there all yep. the time. He's so much fun to play with. He the has eucalyptus brings, oil. He has everything, he? and he shoots. He shoots the hell out yes. of the ball, man. Uh, especially since he took the tape off of his fingers. He had a hand injury for a long time. Uh, I also yeah. see just to quickly answer something. Um, people are talking about baseline out of bounds plays. 
sideline out of bounds plays. I can't answer to the efficacy right now, but believe it or not, literally today, Lewis Zatzman wrote, and you'd have to be subscribed over at RaptorsRepublic.com. That's it's the best analysis on the Raptors for the people who want to know. But there's a piece literally detailing what types of actions they run, how effective they've been. All I can tell you is that um, the, the Raptors, the returns haven't been that good on those plays so far. But from what I've seen, um, there's been some interesting stuff. I liked a lot of the Raptors' twirl actions. The Raptors were the best last season in baseline out-of-bounds ba- and sideline out-of-bounds plays. Um, so there's there's some stuff going on. But we were only seven games in. You need to build up. I feel like it's a lot better than when it first started out with the, some of his ATOs. There, it's not was not quite as crisp as nurses for sure. There, there was a little bit. It's of new players too, new players, new yeah. system, all that kind of stuff. Um, have we ever tried running Spain in a pickup game? Yeah, we have. We, we have. We do a yeah. whole bunch of nerdy basketball stuff in pickup games. We do <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, where are our runs at? Any openings? Message me on Twitter. Um, we're 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 happy to have anybody um come through. Uh, Samson, do I have stats on Scotty's foul rate? Um, S, talk about the it's, Raptors while is, I look at or sure. What is no, it? I have I have the answer here because uh, I'm working on the the piece for it. But the, his foul rate is lower this season. Uh, his free throw rate is also lower this season. Every so, free throw rate, man. Yeah, uh, it's it's been tough, but yeah, no, I think the foul rate is lower this season. So it's actually he's fouling less. Uh, and I thought today, by the way. He did a great job of like just staying upright anytime Luca tried to bait him into anything. Yeah, he gave up a couple of layups because of that, but you rather that and then get Scotty into foul Okay, trouble. so you told me, I said, hey, can you answer this? And you said, I got the answer. It, Am I right? It's lower. I thought you'd have the actual number. Not only oh, is no, it no. not lower, but I'll give everybody <laughs> the actual number. His foul okay, percentage currently is 2.7%. Last okay. season it was two point five percent. But given he's lowering yeah. the he's lowering the defense, he's attacking more, like he's contesting more shots. I think in proximity to the amount of activity he has defensively per rate, he's committing less fouls. So I think I'll you're, take you're right in a sense. You know, you got you gotta risk it to defend. Like Rudy Gobert, Jaron Jackson Jr., Christian Coloco, all these guys, they come into the league, they foul the hell out of people but they're getting their hands up against a whole bunch of shots. And that's kind of what they're meant to do. Um, come on, Nurse had no offensive plays. It was FEV or Pascal Goiso. Here's the thing, man. It's really easy that you can track what happens because <laughs> after a timeout, for example, or on a baseline out-of-bounds play or sideline out-of-bounds play, they say, this is what this is. And then they track all of the plays that come after it. And then you get a points per possession that baked out of that. And for like nurses whole time, the Raptors were very good on those. And he did have some pretty slick design. However, Darko is a way better coach for this team than Nick Nurses because it's important to have the guys like you and to be, you know, personable and all this kind of stuff. So good it's, it's not um, it's not like coach versus coach in that sense. But you just have to you have to deal with the realities of it. Um, anybody else? Anybody want to say anything before we get out of here? It's been like an hour, an hour and a minute. I'm good. Nigel? I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. It was lovely. It was great, great being on here. Nobody, nobody wants to wax poetic? Nothing? I, I, have, I have nothing to wax. Wait. Actually, I do have something to wax poetic on. Uh, thank you to Raptors Republic. Shout out to Raptors Republic. Great live show. 
all the stuff, all the great content, the video breakdowns, the articles. If you're not subscribed, you should be subscribed. I hope I can like, maybe, maybe you can take this snippet and use it as like uh, the opening, like P Diddy does for some of his songs, you know, like just th throw it in there, please. Thank you. You want to be the voice of Raptors Republic yeah. marketing campaign. Do it now. Yeah. You can hate me now. <laughs> Trey, Trey but is I the head. Stop now. Yeah. Trey's, Trey's the head of marketing. So I'll, I'll run it up to him. We'll see what happens. <laughs> but okay. To all the people listening, once again, as always, thank you for so many people hopping in and listening to us talk basketball. We all watch basketball together. We all talk about it together. This is like the communal aspect of basketball is the best part. Having everybody hop in and chop it up. It's past midnight, right? We got 280 people in here. We had like 400 earlier. Thank you for popping in. You guys are insightful, thoughtful, and engaging in the comments. Thank you for tagging along. The people listening the morning after, or I guess maybe at like 12.30 a.m., whatever it is on your walk just before bed. Some people say they sleep to this, which I think is maybe a bit maybe a bit of an insult. I'm putting them to sleep. Who knows? I'm not going to lie. It's happened to me before. It's okay. Though. And I woke up right. to your voice. I told you the other day, <laughs> yeah, the Objective did. Basketball <laughs> Podcast, um, you were talking about Scotty. Crazy. I woke up. I was like, there you go. Um, but anyway, thank you to everybody for popping in. Make sure to like, subscribe, all that stuff that YouTubers say. We're not YouTubers, but you know, we're trying to be some sort of, you know, facsimile of them. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. It's been an absolute blast for Esfandi Arberhani of the Steve Dangle Podcast Network. Head over there tomorrow morning to watch the recap of Nigel Nicholas, who writes and talks about the Raptors for Raptors Republic. And over on what's the what's the you you do it with Zazu and post. Pro, pro sports fan, pro it's sports an app. Fan. Uh, please download it. Otherwise, I won't. I can't make. That's right. <laughs> make, make him a little bit of money, and that's what we're here for. Thanks everybody for hopping in. Whether you got into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.